Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our special guest speaker. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. Am I on? Okay. Awesome. How are we doing? Good? Got some happy people in the house this morning? Yeah? Awesome. Man, I'm so honored to, to be up here. I just want to thank Dennis and, and Neil and Wes for giving me the opportunity to, to be up here and share my life with you guys, and, and, and hopefully you're encouraged and built up, challenged um, this morning. But I do, before I get into sharing a little bit about myself, I want to say something. Did you guys hear what Dennis said about Oasis? You could come wearing a diaper. I mean, I, I was sitting over there. I was like, if that doesn't get you to come, I don't know what will. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's the first time I've ever heard that for an invitation to a conference. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, yeah, so my name is Stephen Bell. My wife, Jenny, she's out here somewhere. I'm blinded by the lights up here. She's, I think, over here in this vicinity over here. But we've been married for 21 years. We have four kids, Jasmine, Judah, Savannah, and Scarlett. And um, just a little bit about us, uh, Dennis kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, Jenny and I met in, uh, at a missionary organization in Northern California, and we met there, we got married there, we did missionary work, we were on staff for I think about six or seven years, and we were a part of training and equipping uh, students of all ages and then taking them overseas um, and doing missionary work. And so we did that for quite a few years, and then God called us out of California to, can you believe it, to Ohio. At first I was like, Lord, I'm a West Coast boy. So I was born and raised in Washington State and lived in California for almost off and on for 10 years. And I literally said, Lord, are you even in Ohio? Like what's, aren't there just cornfields, bean fields? I don't know what's happening. So anyway, this is where my wife is from. But anyway, it was really cool, the whole process. And the Lord brought us here to Ohio, and we're just excited about what God has for the state of Ohio. And then we landed in Springfield, the very city that my wife said, I will never move back to Springfield again. <laughs> and here we are. So, <laughs> um, so and, and then from... Uh, about 2011 on, um, I was a part of pastoring different pastoral leadership roles in, in about three different churches. Um, we, we started two ministry training schools from scratch, one here in Springfield and the other one in Richmond, Indiana. And we were in full-time ministry for 20 years, and then long story short, the Lord said, time out, time to take a break. It was like, and it became a two-year sabbatical of which I didn't think it would take that long. But how, how many of you know, sometimes we, 
you know, we're, we're, we're chugging along in what the Lord has for us, and, and you, you realize there's, sometimes there's just some baggage and some stuff in our lives that, that we don't even realize that we're carrying emotionally, and sometimes it can be trauma and different things in our lives, and just in the last couple of years has, has been a journey of personal healing and breakthrough and just reconnecting with God in different ways, reconnecting with my wife and just as a family. And the Lord, you know, it, it was a great season. It was a hard season. It was a very difficult season, but it was a necessary season. And now this is like my first time in almost two years speaking on a Sunday morning. I only got like two or three hours of sleep last night. I'm okay, though. I Honestly, I feel good. I did have coffee. Thank the Lord for coffee. Um, but I, I'm so excited about this um, series, Reigning in Grace, because, you know, when, when I think of my journey and I think of reigning in life through Jesus Christ, I'm like, is there any other way to reign in life except through grace? I mean, honestly, and what, what is grace? When, when you do a deep dive in the Greek and understand the word grace, it, it literally means that we're receiving something that we don't deserve and, and there's no way possible that I can earn it. In other words, God is saying, listen, I want to give you something, but there's no possible way you can earn it. You, and, and also, you don't even deserve it but I'm gonna give it to you anyway. Well, Lord, why? Because of what my son has done for you. Not because of anything that you've done, not because of your performance. And so grace is receiving what we don't deserve, but it's also grace is empowerment to live our lives in a way that we cannot live in our own natural ability. Do you understand it's not just receiving, it's empowerment, it's divine enablement, where the Lord says, I'm actually going, you put up the sails, I will be the wind in your sails. That's grace. Good. Amen? Amen. And, and so we reign in grace, and this, is, this has been kind of the theme verse that we've used all throughout this series, and it's Romans 5.17. And I'm going to wait till it's up here because I feel like we need to read it together this morning. Can we read this together, Romans? Let me read it first so you can hear it, and then let's read it out loud together. Does that sound good? For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who, what, receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. How many of you know that's just good news right there? Like we could stop at that one verse and, and that would be good enough to chew on for the rest of our lives. But let's say it together. Let's declare it together. You guys ready? For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Do you understand that God's desire for you and for me is that you would reign in life, in all of life? And I'm going to talk about that, unpack that a little bit more this morning, but the key is first receiving. 
you, you are not going to be able to reign in life in your own effort, in your own strength, in your own ability, in your own understanding. Reigning in, the key to reigning in life through Jesus Christ is first receiving. Receiving what? The abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. In other words, you didn't earn it, you didn't work for it, you don't deserve it. Amen? You just receive. Okay, so... Here's, here's the definition of, of the word reign, and I think Dennis shared this at, at the very beginning of, of this uh, series. Reign means to exercise power and authority. What power and authority are we exercising? Well, obviously, the power and authority of Jesus. We're ex- exercising his power and authority, and I want to just say for me, it has been absolutely imperative that I understand, agree with, and live in my new identity in Christ in order to reign in life and to rightly exercise God's power and authority. I have to understand my new identity in Christ. In other words, what does God declare over me? I might be believing lies about myself. I might think of myself as a failure, I might struggle with thinking, oh, I'm not enough, or I'm this, or I'm that, and and I just focus on what I'm not, and God says, hey, what about what I'm declaring over you? What, What does God say about you, and are we going to come into agreement with what he says? I heard a preacher Well-known preacher say this one time, he said, I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind about myself that's not in God's thoughts. In other words, I can't think something about myself that doesn't align with God's thoughts about me. Why? Because if I believe lies about myself, it cripples me, it lowers my hope level because I'm believing lies, and I no longer have an impact on the world around me anymore. So it's absolutely imperative for us to reign in life that we understand and agree with and know our identity in Christ. And so the title of my message is Identity in Christ. And the first thing that I'm gonna say to you may seem shocking to some of you at first, which I'm going to have fun with this. I, I, like to, I like shock value sometimes. Unlike Dennis, I mean, Dennis doesn't like to shock any of you, right? <laughs> so here's the first thing that I wanna say to you, and I want, I want you to really take this in and listen to it. If it's true of Jesus, it's true of you. If it's true of Jesus, it's true of you. Okay, I want you to think of it in this terms. If we see it in Jesus, in the scriptures, then what we see in Jesus, in the scriptures, is accessible to us in the here and now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, not in the great by and by when we finally get to heaven. If you see it in Jesus in the scripture, it is accessible to you here and now. As it is with Jesus, so it is with us. Some of you might be thinking, how can that be, right? If if you were totally honest, how can that be? He's God, 
and he's the savior of the world. Okay, let, let me just say, those are the two things. There are two things that are true of Jesus that are not true of us, two things. Okay, number one, he's fully God and fully man. Is there anybody here who's fully God? Nope. Okay, good, we got that covered. So that's one thing that is true of him that's not true of us. We aren't God, okay? And then the other thing is, did anybody come and die on a cross to be the Savior of the world? No, that's the second thing that's true of Jesus that's not true of us. Only two things. Everything else that you see in Jesus, if it's true of him, it's true of us. Let me, let me break this down and, and explain this to us. Romans 8, 29. This is one of the most profound verses in my life that's impacted my way of thinking and the way I relate to Jesus. Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, this is talking about the Father, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Say, conformed to the image of Jesus. In order that what he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers. I want you to think about that for a second and how revolutionary that is in terms of what we think of Jesus. Okay, number one, were you and I destined by the Lord to do something great with our lives? Absolutely, but that's not the number one thing that's on his mind. You doing something great for him is not his top priority. It's just the, it's the overflow of you understanding who you are. It just comes out. Okay, the number one thing that God says is my priority is that you be conformed to the image of my son. How many of you know that's a work of grace by the Holy Spirit that you and I cannot accomplish in our, on our own? The key to that is surrender. Lord, I say yes, I give you my yes. Make me like your son today from the inside out. Only God can do that work. So you were predestined before you were even born to become like Jesus. But not only that, it says in order that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers. He's not just your king. He's not just your savior. He's your older brother. And he is the model and the example for the, what the normal Christian life looks like. Jesus is the prototype. Do we have any teachers in here? The word prototype? Okay. All the teachers will be proud of me, and I I got this out of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Can I get a hand from any teachers? This is what prototype means in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, an original model on which something is patterned. That just hit me. A standard or typical example. Do you understand? Jesus is the example for the normal Christian life. He is the original model on which everything else is patterned in the Christian life. He is the example of what all of humanity was originally designed for, what you and I were originally designed for. Do you want to know what you were designed for? Look at Jesus. That's what you were designed for. Now, listen, I got to say this. 
to, to bring some understanding because I think the temptation for us is then to go, well, let me look at what Jesus did and then try to mimic that. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not the understanding of a prototype. It's, it's, it's looking at the quality of his life, not just what he did and then trying to copy what he did. How many of you know if you just try to copy what Jesus did, like you're going to fall flat on your face? I'm going to fall flat on my face. That's not what he's talking about here. Listen, Jesus reigned in life because why? Because he lived surrendered and in absolute oneness and harmony with the Father. He said, I and the Father are one. That's what the Bible is talking about when Paul, the Apostle Paul, says you were predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. He's not saying so that you can try to do what he did. It's so that you can live one with the Father as Jesus is one with the Father. This is what Jesus came to do. This is what he came to restore through his death and resurrection. Do you understand? He didn't just come to forgive you of your sins, which he did, hallelujah. Like how many of you are thankful that your sins are forgiven past, present, future? They, you are forgiven. You are flawless in God's sight right here, right now. But do you understand that was not the end game, the end goal of God sending his son? The end game was deal with the sin issue. So why? So that my people could become one with me as you, Jesus, are one with me. The firstborn among many brethren. He showed us something. Not to do, but to be. Do you understand that you are in Jesus and Jesus is in you? How many of you believe that as a born-again believer? You are in Jesus and Jesus is in you, right? Guess what? I have good news for you. You're one with the Father because he is one with the Father. Currently, right here, right now, you are in unbroken union with the Father, <laughs> Why? Because Jesus is, and you're in Jesus, and Jesus is in you. Some of you might be thinking, Jesus had no sin, so of course he lived in perfect harmony with God. I have more good news for you. Do you want more good news? In Christ, you are no longer identified by your sins and mistakes. Our loving Father in heaven defines who you are based on what Jesus Christ has done. You, your, God does not identify you by your sin and mistakes. In fact, the Apostle Paul defines us as saints. Have you guys ever read in, in, in the, we call them the epistles of Paul or the letters of Paul to the churches, which make up most of the New Testament. And Paul, in almost all of his letters, he will say, to the saints in Corinth. I'll use Corinth as an example, but to the saints in Corinth. How many of you have read the first and second Corinthians? 
And how many of you seen they had sin problems that Paul addressed? And yet, him knowing that they had sin issues, by the way, that he didn't ignore, there, there, there is a place under grace to deal with sin, sin habits and sin issues in our lives. But it's not to condemn, it's, it's to say, Jesus wants to set us free. He actually cares about the effect of sin habits in our lives. Why? Because it breaks down relationships. So God says, look, I'm not here to shame you, I'm not here to condemn you, but I am here to set you free of that sin habit if you'll allow me to. I actually have the power to do it, but you have to allow me to do it, right? But, but Paul says, even though there's sin issues going on in Corinth, he says, to the saints. Do you know what saint means in the Greek? Holy, to the holy ones of Corinth. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, listen, you are not identified by your life of sin before Christ anymore. That's not who you are. You are identified by what Christ has done. You are now a saint. He has made you holy as he is holy. Amen? So we, we can't use the excuse, well, Jesus had no sin, so of course he lived in perfect harmony with the Father. Do you understand that justified, you are justified in Christ, and the word justified means as if you had never sinned. That's what justified means, as if you had never sinned. You are currently, right now, this, is, this may blow some of your minds, you are flawless in God's sight. Because of anything that you've done? Nope. Because of what Christ has already done and because of the fact that he's in you and you're in him. Amen? We are adopted Loved, forgiven, and accepted sons and daughters of God. And I want to say it again. If it's true of Jesus, it's true of us. One of the greatest things that, that I think we can do to reign in life is to, to combat lies by declaring what God says about us on a daily basis. How many of you have experienced in your life being bombarded with lies about yourself? I'm not enough. I'm a failure. I've, I've, I've blown it here. Or, you know, I, I mean, just the list of if, if you, and, you and I could sit in here and just make a list of all the areas where we've felt like we've failed and we haven't been enough. Do you understand that that's one of the enemy's greatest tactics against you? Jesus described the devil. When I say the enemy, I mean the devil. Jesus describes the devil as what? The father of lies. Why is he the father of lies? Because Jesus stripped him of his authority. Do you understand that when he deceived Adam and Eve, God gave Adam and Eve authority to have dominion over the earth, right? Adam and Eve were given authority to have dominion over the earth, 
And when they fell into the deception of the enemy, they took that authority and handed it over to the devil. He actually had a certain level of authority on the earth until what? Until Jesus came. And Jesus didn't just deal with the sin issue. He said to the devil, let me take those keys of authority back. Right? And then any time somebody becomes a born-again believer and they put their faith in Jesus, Jesus says, let me put these keys into the rightful hands of believers who are in me, who are born again. Okay, and so if the devil has been stripped of his authority, he actually does not have legal right to do anything. So then what is his weapon now? He's a liar, and he tries to get us to agree with his lies because as soon as we agree with his lies, he has a doorway in. Does that make sense? So the greatest way that the enemy tries to come against you is to get you to believe lies about the goodness of God and about yourself. Those are the two areas where the enemy hits the most. And I just want to tell you, one of the greatest things you can do is stand firm and say, I don't care what I feel. I don't care what my circumstances are telling me. This is who I am in Christ. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm a beloved son or a beloved daughter. I don't, I, I'm not trying to earn God's acceptance. I already live from his acceptance and approval. So it's, it's, I'm combating lies by daily declaring what God says about me. And I want to tell you this, this, this two-year season that I've been in, man, it, like I said, super necessary but really difficult. How many of you have been in really difficult seasons? That's just a part of life. And, and it's the testing of our faith. Notice how it doesn't say in James the testing of our character. I, I always hear Christians always saying, well, we go through hard things so God can develop our character. No, he calls it the testing of our faith, which produces character. It's not the testing of your character that produces faith. It's the testing of your faith that produces character. Why? Because the first battle front in our lives is what are we going to believe in the midst of it? Are, are you following me? So I remember uh, in the beginning when I first started working at the Target Warehouse, the distribution center in West Jeff, because God said, time out from full-time ministry. And I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be easy. It's going to be restful. <laughs> and the Lord's like, let's put you in a warehouse. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. <laughs> and, and not only that, let's put you on first shift where you wake up at 4.30 a.m. to be at work at 6. Thanks again, Lord. That's awesome. So I remember, and I was doing 12-hour shifts on the weekend, and I'm on my way to work 
on two or three hours of sleep heading towards West Jeff to go do a 12-hour shift of hard physical labor. And, I'm, and, and, and so many times, how many of you know, I don't feel like giving thanks to the Lord. I don't feel like giving him praise. But, but David talks about a sacrifice of praise. Why is it a sacrifice of praise? Because I do it because he's worthy, not because I feel like it. Do you understand that pure worship is, is rooted in this one truth? He's worthy. That's pure worship. Not because I feel it, not because my circumstances are all great, it's he's worthy. That's pure worship. And so I remember on my way to work, I'd just be like disgruntled, just Lord, sad. Lord, I'm hating life right now. Like literally, Lord, I hate life right now. I mean, I'm being totally honest. Oh, and, 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 and I'm not, it's funny how when we're, the Lord's okay with us complaining and whining to him. He's okay with it. But he doesn't tend to interact with us a whole lot when that's happening. <laughs> Have you noticed that? He's just kind of there. He's with you. He's listening, but he's not like, oh, I'm so sorry that life sucks right now. <laughs> you know what the Lord would, would ask me? <laughs> you know what he would ask me in those moments? Son, what do you believe right now? What are you believing? What is it? The testing of my faith. I'm, I was in the midst of the testing of my faith. He didn't say, what are you going to do? to fix this. He said, what are you going to believe right now? And I just, I, I, I wish I could put my hands up while I was driving. I put one hand up and keep my eyes open. But it's be, I mean, it would be this simple. Lord, I'm believing that you're good and that hope tells me this, the future is gonna be better than my present circumstances right now. And it was that simple. And I'd just be like, God, I thank you that you, I'm not thanking you for, you know, how hard life is right now. I'm thanking you that in the midst of the difficulty that you're good, that you're faithful, that you're true, you're a God of promise. I am a man of great destiny, Lord, even though I'm in the warehouse. And I, and, and, you know, there were days where it took me time to get there, <laughs> but I got there. And, it would, and I would get there quicker from day to day. And I want to tell you, like, I, I had the privilege and the honor of preaching the gospel to 600 students in Hong Kong at a public school. I'm telling you, in the past, I'm making, just follow me here. I had the privilege with, with a, a missionary organization to preach. You, can you believe how nervous I was? This was a public school in China. And, and 600 students, none of them saved. And I preached the gospel and about 25 kids raised their hands to receive Jesus. And the funny thing is, listen, follow me here. I'm going somewhere with this. The funny thing is they thought I was Keanu Reeves. It was, they wanted my autograph. This was years ago. It was hilarious. 
But I'm not, I'm not telling you that to, listen, the point that I'm making is I had to realize on my way to the warehouse, God is with me in the warehouse just as much as he was with me to preach to 600 kids in Hong Kong. Do you understand? I had to believe that. I had to get to that place of, I am his son, even though everything within me is struggling with feeling like, God, where are you? Why am I in this prison season? By the way, the warehouse felt like a prison. <laughs> but do you understand? I, I, it was like this, I just uh, uh, a stake in the ground. It was a stake in the ground. I actually believe that he's with me in this warehouse just the same as when I was preaching to 600 kids in Hong Kong. Just the same as when a friend of mine and, and I in California laid hands on a kid in a wheelchair and he got up and walked and pushed his wheelchair home with his mom streaming tears down her cheeks. That God, but do you understand that God is with me in the warehouse just like that? I had to learn that. See, I was living on the high of God being with me in these powerful testimonies. I needed to know Jesus in the valley. I needed to know Jesus in the prison and believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change based on my circumstances. This is speaking to somebody this morning. Some, somebody in here is in that season right now where you're going, Lord, I don't understand. Why am I in this season? And the Lord's saying, what are you believing right now about me, about yourself? He's a God of promise. So really cool, quick testimony, because I, I got to cover about a half hour of material in three minutes. <laughs> Um, I had the privilege because I shared with one of my coworkers. She was asking me questions about baptism. She said, so if I just get baptized, I'm saved? And I'm like, no, not necessarily. And I said, do you want me to explain it to you? And she said, yes. And then she called the whole crew. Hey, everybody, come over here and listen to Stephen. Share with me about how baptism doesn't save you. So I'm like, oh, Lord, I thought this was going to be a one-on-one. -on -one. So I, the Spirit of God came upon me in the warehouse. I'm not joking. He came upon me with boldness, and I, pre I boldly preached the gospel to my whole crew. And then I turned around to the girl who had everyone come over and I prophesied to her. The Spirit of God came on me, and I prophesied to her, and she begins to weep. She begins to weep right there. And of course, the guys in the warehouse are like, oh, oh yeah, you know what? We better get to work. <laughs> we, we, we got a job to do here. We can't be having anybody crying. Ha, huh? all right, let's go. Let's move on. So anyway, it was funny. It was a little awkward, but it was great. But I had that opportunity, and the Lord set it up. I didn't even try to make it happen. 
and, and have had so many opportunities in the warehouse to minister to people. But it's, it's, if it's true of Jesus, it's true of us. If it's true of Jesus, it's true of you. He was the firstborn son. He's, he's your king. He's your savior. He's your older brother. He is the example for the normal Christian life. You are one with the Father because he's one with the Father. It doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're cleaning toilets or if you're the CEO of some corporation. As it is with Jesus, so it is with you. If it's true of him, it's true of you. Amen? So let's just look at a few quick things of what's true of Jesus that's true of us. I'm just gonna rip through this really quick. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Okay, I wanted to share a few quick things with you that is true of him that's also currently right here, right now, true of you. You ready for this? Number one, Jesus, Jesus lived in the continual waterfall of his father's affection and approval. He lived from God's love and acceptance, not for it. He heard the father before he did one miracle, before he did anything in ministry. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Why? Because he was one with the father. And he was in harmony with the father. Okay, I want to tell you that you live in the continual waterfall of the Father's affection and approval. You live from God's love and acceptance, not for it. He speaks over you. This is my beloved son or my beloved daughter. I'm pleased with you. Yeah, but Lord, I haven't done anything great. doesn't matter. You're one with me. As my son Jesus is one with me, I'm pleased with you. You live in a continual waterfall of the Father's affection for you. You can't get out of it. Good luck trying. You can't get out of it. Why? Because you said yes to Jesus. Number two, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. He had everything he needed to accomplish his mission. You are anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and you have everything you need to accomplish the mission that God has given you. And lastly, Jesus lived in an open heaven. Nothing hindered his access to the Father, and nothing hindered the Father's access to the Son. Jesus became the doorway for heaven to invade the earth everywhere he went. Is that true of you? Your life is an open heaven. Two people got that. 
Nothing is hindering your access to the Father, and nothing is hindering the Father's access to you. Your life has become the doorway for heaven to invade earth everywhere you go. If it's true of Jesus, it's true of you. As the children of God, we have the authority to carry and release the presence and power of Jesus everywhere we go. You are designed to reign in life through Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's stand to our feet because we're going to make a few declarations before we go into worship. Is anybody encouraged, challenged, strengthened this morning? I want to do something really quick, and the Lord just reminded me of this. Um, We're going to make a few declarations because how many of you know what, what I'm talking about is our identity in Christ and the power of agreeing with the truth? No matter what you feel, no matter what your circumstances are, but the Lord wants to release some healing in the room uh, really quick here before we make those declarations. I had three words of knowledge. What is a word of knowledge? It's a word that the Lord reveals to you. This is kind of how he speaks to me. He'll show me something specific that he wants to heal or set free in somebody this morning. And I had three things for physical healing and it was number one was uh, anybody with pain or trauma in the neck that runs into the shoulders the neck pain or trauma that in the neck that that might run into the shoulders but primarily the neck now hold on Uh, I'm gonna have you raise your hand if that's you the next one is migraine headaches it's funny you were talking about migraine headaches I felt the Lord was going to heal people of migraine headaches. And then the third one is arthritis of any type, arthritis. Now, here's the the crazy part of it is the Lord showed me all three of those things that he's going after this morning are connected to a spirit of infirmity. Sometimes we have physical issues in our lives because there is an actually the Bible talks about a demonic spirit that is a spirit of infirmity that is designed to attack your body and sometimes we don't see breakthrough because we don't command infirmity to go Jesus would do that at times where sometimes the infirmity would go and then people this is not every time do you understand But there are times when physical healing issues are connected to a spirit of infirmity, and when you take authority over that spirit, the healing comes. Okay, so raise your hand if you have an issue with pain or trauma in your neck, migraine headaches, or arthritis. Okay, church, you guys are the ministry team. Keep your hand up if you need prayer until at least one person puts their hand on your shoulder. So if you're near these people with their hands up, just go and just ask them if it's okay, if they can, you can gently put your hand on their shoulder. Okay? Keep your hand up until somebody has their hand on your shoulder to pray for you. We've got, guys, we've got a few over here. If you do not have your hand up, you are the ministry team this morning. 
We need you to go, go to a person who has their hand up and as soon as somebody's there with their hand on your shoulder, put your hand down. Okay, amen. Power. Okay. So here's what we're gonna do right now, okay? Um, I, I'm just gonna pray a general prayer and I want you guys to agree in the name of Jesus, okay? So, Lord, right now, all these people with their hands up for pain and trauma in the neck, migraine headaches, and any form of arthritis, we command a spirit of infirmity to lift and go right now in Jesus' name. We free you in the name of Jesus. I release the power of Christ to you right now and say, be healed. In Jesus' name, all over this room, we release the anointing of God's healing power in Jesus' name. So just take 15 seconds and pray over them. Just release healing. If you have your hand on them, just quick 10-second prayer. In Jesus' name, be healed. Pain, go, healing, flow. Okay, now really quick, I want you to check that part of your body and see if you already notice a difference of pain leaving your body. Go ahead and check it really quick. See if you notice, wow, the Holy Spirit is in this room so strong, you guys. Whoo! There's literally a cloud of God's presence in this room right now. Raise your hand if you have already experienced a change of pain decreasing in your body. Raise your hand up high. Wow, look at that, you guys. Hands going up already. Just give Jesus a shout of praise. Give Jesus a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to say that during worship, keep receiving healing. Amen. So let's declare these things. I should have put these up on the screen, but just repeat after me. If it's true of Jesus, it's true of me. I have been adopted by a loving father. I am dearly loved. I am forgiven and made holy. I am flawless in God's eyes. I am no longer identified as a sinner. I am a saint, a holy one. I am one with the Father because Jesus is one with the Father. My life is in open heaven everywhere I go. Let's just give a shout of praise to the Lord and get ready to worship. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.